And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I am Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio once again, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Likewise, good to be here. Well, gentlemen, it's great to have you in the studio today. You know, we, before we opened the mic, we were talking just a little bit about our subject today. Let's just kick it off right away, and that is, um, sometimes you hear the statement, I'm not under law, but under grace. And uh, we want to try to understand what is meant by that statement, but then open our Bibles and look at the law of God and understand it a little bit, Mm -hmm. probably confining ourselves mostly to what we call the moral law of God. And uh, gentlemen, uh, let's get started. What does this little phrase mean in the minds of some people when they say, I'm not under law, but under grace? I've had that quoted to me uh, under certain contexts, sometimes in a humorous way and sometimes in a much more serious way. And there's a great truth in that. Thank God we're not under law, but under grace. And maybe we'll talk about its its actual meaning in its context. But the way it is used uh, by many people who quote it is to say that the, the law of God, the moral law of God, is not applicable to them because they are under grace and we're forgiven uh, by uh, and through the death of Christ and his resurrection because of his work and his merit. Therefore, I have no obligation except to remember who Christ is and not necessarily to what they consider the Old Testament law. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think sometimes when you, you look to that, it, it can lead to what we call antinomianism, you know, I can do anything that I want, but I think one of the things that it, it often leads to is an excuse not to read the Old Testament. <laughs> That's for it. sure. <laughs> uh, it's a untraveled territory for many people. <laughs> uh-huh. It is. The Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. And yet the entire Scripture uh, is the Word of God, Old and New Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're right. Uh, antinomianism, that's a big word now. I mean... Somebody will give you 50 cents for using that, Mark. Yeah, I was trying to spell it here, and all of a sudden I realized I was having trouble spelling that, Mark. It comes from a word uh, in the New Testament, namos. It's a Greek word, which means law. In other words, against law or antinomianism Mm -hmm. uh, means to live a loose, libertine life, maybe something along that line. In its most uh, positive construct, um, God's moral law. How would we describe it and and its purpose in just real brief terms? Well, I I would think that the moral law is a reflection of the character of God. Hmm. And in that sense, it is holy and good. For God is wise and holy and good. And uh, that law reflects who God is. Hmm. And it tells us, secondly, what love is. And I think another thing that... Uh, those are the the key main ingredients of that, and then a little bit farther down the line, it's also the way God wants us to live, so that we can live the most fulfilling life that we can. You know. So, in other words, God is is uh, guarding us for our own good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Better yeah, way to put I, it, Dan. I, th- I think that's a wonderful uh, <clears throat> uh, emphasis there, uh, Mark. The the law of God is like a pair of rails that keeps us from falling mm. over the cliff 
yeah. uh, on each side as we walk this good way. It's, uh, it's the law is good. Jesus never once yeah. criticized it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, where in the Old Testament do we find what we call the Ten Commandments? Two places. We find it in Exodus chapter 20 and then in Deuteronomy chapter 5. It's actually scattered throughout. Uh, yeah. You'll find a great <clears throat> elaboration of the law both in Exodus and Deuteronomy, but also you'll find yeah. statements of the law of various ones in the other books of Moses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not only that, I, you know, we think of the Ten Commandments. I, I love what we do on every so often. We'll do uh, a Sunday where we have uh, the Ten Commandments you know, from the Gospels, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I love that. Or the Ten Commandments from the Psalms. From the Psalms. Psalms as well, you know. So, so for our listeners' sake, explain how that works. Well, we use it uh, in the liturgy or in the worship as we approach God, uh, we use it in Westminster following our confession of mm-hmm. sin and the minister's assurance of pardon from the scriptures, but uh, as to how to live the Christian life. Mm. And uh, you can find a number of sections in the Psalms uh, where it emphasizes the very same thing that God revealed to Moses, or Jesus' words, and mm-hmm. or Paul's words. You, yeah. We also could take the letters of Paul oh, and yeah. find the same thing, that one who's supposedly against law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's read a couple of the uh, commandments before our break that will be coming up in about three minutes. Uh, who wants to read uh, a few of these from, uh, let's say, Exodus 20? I can read, uh, how about the first four? Okay. We divide the commandments into you love for God and love for others. You know, if mm-hmm. we talk about the two commandments, the two great commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Well, the right. first part, the first four, focus on the love of God. Mm-hmm. And the first one, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. And then the second commandment, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Hmm third commandment you shall not take the name of the lord your god in vain for the lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain and then the fourth remember the sabbath day to keep it holy six days you shall labor and do all your work but the seventh day is the sabbath of the lord your god in it you shall do no work you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And that's the word of God, Exodus 20, verses what 2 through 11. And those all relate to loving God, our duty right. to God. That's the way Jesus summarized. This is also sometimes called the first table of the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly the four commandments that Mark read were on one tablet, 
and they contained our duties to God, and the second tablet contained the rest, the sixth commandments, that pertain to our duty to our neighbor. Now, it may not have all been that way historically. It looks like all Ten Commandments were on one tablet, and on the second tablet was the Ten Commandments again, and one was God's copy of the commands, and the second tablet was the covenant people's copy. But that's still a good way to refer to the commands, first and second table. What um, Jesus says about the law as we open uh, the New Testament well, one thing is what's for his sure, attitude one thing's it. for sure uh, in uh, re- looking at Jesus uh, he's often pictured as being opposed to law but he was anything right. but opposed mm-hmm. now did he uh, uh, interpret some of the aspects of the law in a different way than the rabbis yes he did mm, yeah. uh, did he uh, uh, chide them for their traditions becoming more important than the word of God yes he did Hmm. But on the other hand, uh, he does not, uh, that I can see in any way, denigrate the law. I see Jesus as a law-keeping first-century rabbi Hmm. who was our Messiah, but he kept the law of God and kept the prayer times uh, as an ordinary Jewish rabbi would have done. Hmm. He said he, he didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And that he did, and he fulfilled it completely in a way that even many of the rabbis and many of the scholars did not understand. Because when he took the law, he looked at it in a far more comprehensive way than even they would look at it. Consequently, for example, when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and Jesus, he said, what must I do to be saved? Well, Jesus said, well, you keep the law. And he says, that I've done from my youth up. Mm -hmm. Whoa, you have, huh? And so this young man thought he could keep the law. But, of course, what Jesus then told him, you know, sell all you have and come and follow me, uh, was clear demonstration he hadn't kept the law and and could not because at that point the the young man walked away, couldn't give up his riches. Obviously, the commandment number one he'd broken. He had an other God before. And furthermore, if James, uh, if we introduce him here, Mm -hmm. he says uh, that one who offends at one point of the law offends the whole law, meaning that to it's of a piece. Right. Well, let's uh, hold that thought. Mm -hmm. I see we're up against a break. Actually, ran a little bit over. You're listening today to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting, and we're talking about the law of God. Stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. 
Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Today's subject is concerning the law. We opened with this little quotation, I'm not under law, but under grace. And John, you had a comment uh, right when we had the mic closed during the break. Why don't you take it from there? Well, I was, I was just saying that it's obvious from the New Testament uh, no matter where you turn, uh, into the words of Jesus or to Paul or to James, that Christianity is is a, a wonderful good news. It's good news to sinners. But there is this, I think. There is every, every attempt to undercut any possibility of self-salvation uh, in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And as good as the law is, and it is perfect, it will not lead to salvation because we cannot keep it as the way it is intended for us to keep it in our original state. And we just do not. And so uh, thank God for the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is good news uh, to people who have offended and broken God's law. Mm. I see is this one of the, the problems you see with the Pharisees is, of course, well, John knows this better than I do, even. Not only did they take the law, but then they had the Talmuds and the Mishnahs, and, and they enlarged upon that. And I don't know how many extra little rules then they added to that. It's in the hundreds, I think. Mm-hmm. What I think you're referring to is that uh, uh, there is a tendency, uh, of course, of rabbinic Judaism became quite different in spirit than what we right. have even in yeah. the New Testament. When Moses Maimonides, mm-hmm. the famous mm-hmm. Jewish philosopher, was talking about the law and uh, keeping Torah, which is yeah. means keeping the whole law of God, uh, he was also talking about not only the scriptures, which he called half-Torah, mm-hmm. but also the traditions right. that supposedly yeah. there is an oral tradition that stems from Mount Sinai that God revealed to Moses along with the written law. And Jesus says these are human traditions, and you've used them, as your word is, to trump, or Dan's word, to trump the actual law of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and what happens there is you can start to manipulate things. In other words, if you start defining real finely, then you can stand up and say, well, look, I kept the law. But it doesn't touch the heart, and that, of course, is what Jesus got at. He, mm-hmm. and, he, and he said, you've heard it said, you shall not 
not murder. Well, if you hate your brother, you've already yeah. murdered. And and yeah. suddenly, people were realizing, you know, they hadn't kept the law. We've had an expression mm-hmm. in our day in political circles, defining deviancy down. Yeah. Well, in a real sense, the Pharisees defined the law down. Hmm. Right. They literalize it in such a way that in order to break the Sixth Commandment, thou shalt do no murder, you actually had to take your hand and commit a murder. Yeah. Mm. Jesus, you might say, defines the law up as to its real intention, right? And says it's a matter of the attitude as well. Mm. It's the yeah, it's it's the heart and the soul. And the Pharisees are criticized, and rightfully so for this. But I, I look at our society today, and I see it doing the same thing. Oh yeah, yes. how many people think they're justified before God because they've looked and kept all these little rules that they have created for themselves, mm-hmm. or redefining things such yeah. that you can't break it? You know, it's very difficult. Uh, okay. For instance, to uh, things in the past we've called immoral, when you now medicalize them and make them a medical disease, it's hard to break. That's the right. Law yeah. of the immoral, isn't it? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. How about uh, reading one of the passages from Jesus here in the New Testament where uh, Jesus' view of man's tradition trumping the commands of God? Do you have uh, one of those references there? Yeah, on uh, Matthew 15, a wonderful passage here. It says, Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered them and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandments of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, Whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God, then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Now that is a very powerful mm, statement yeah. and it goes on to say, Hypocrites, what a strong judgment. <laughs> but a righteous judgment, of course. Hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. But their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Mm. Very uh, cutting, precise, wonderful words from the lips of our Lord. And Jesus' concern is about the heart, isn't it? The heart of man. Uh, he He doesn't set aside his law. Mark, earlier, you, you were quoting, I think, from Matthew 5, where, where Jesus says, I, I didn't come to destroy the law right. of the prophets. But he dives down deep, and he identifies the problem of the men and women of his day, where their tradition mm. was, in essence, setting aside the very will of God. And it was a problem of the heart. You know, one of the best sermons, uh, maybe the best sermon I ever heard in my life, was by my uh, old systematic teacher who's now <laughs> passed away in some he was in seminary uh, John Sanderson Dr Sanderson he um, he preached a sermon and he entitled it leave some grapes hmm. and when he was talking about in the sermon it was on love what does it mean to love your neighbor 
he points out in that passage in the Old Testament, it meant simply not harvesting all the corners yes. of your field, but leave mm. some grain for the poor. Or don't pick all the grapes. Yeah. Well, in a real sense, Jesus has defined love for us in the commands. What does mm. it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? You don't lie against your neighbor. Mm. You don't take his goods. Yeah. You don't covet what he has in his life. Uh, that's what it means to love your neighbor. Amen. Earlier we read uh, the first four commandments. I think now we're ready to read the last six. Okay, well, the last six. Fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land in which the Lord your God is giving you. That's the fifth. The sixth, you shall not murder. The seventh, you shall not commit adultery. The eighth, you shall not steal. The ninth, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And the tenth, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. You know, I sit here listening to you reading those, Mark, and um, knowing that uh, there's been cases in the civil realm here in America where uh, the display of the Ten Commandments uh, has been prohibited on uh, public land. And, and I think, what is so bad about that? Um, here, here's, a, here's a little display saying, you shall not commit adultery, or a display, you shall not steal, or you shall not murder. It, it boggles my mind that people in government sometimes don't want the law of God displayed. I think one of the th- reasons for that is this is the law of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's mm. clear. They want man's law. They want to think that they are the origins of the laws that we have, mm-hmm. that we do not hearken unto, unto God and give the standard. Uh, and he's the one that gives the standard. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so offensive and obviously, I mean, Satan's behind this whole thing anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Paul yeah. probably captures this as much in Romans 1 as he does anywhere yeah. when he talks about suppressing <clears throat> the, the things of God and his revelation mm. and his yeah. truth yeah. so that we might justify ourselves. Yeah. Hmm. And, yeah. Um, and and to lose sight of the one who, in fact, alone can justify us. <laughs> right? Amen. Well, today we've been talking about the law of God. We've just barely begun this discussion, I suppose. And uh, I see we're already running out of time. Um, This is a plain answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Gentlemen, um, some wrap-up thoughts as we've looked so far at the law of God today. Well, I find it interesting that, uh, speaking of Moses Maimonides again, he decided to unpack the Ten Commandments and found out what it really was, and he discovered in the Old Testament from beginning to end, 613 commandments to keep. And the first one, of course, be fruitful and multiply. Jesus, on the other hand, summarizes them and into two short statements, love for God and love for neighbor. So I think that uh, it's uh, uh, much more instructive to see the ends and purpose of the commandments as Mm -hmm. Jesus taught us, Mm -hmm. rather than just simply to see them as means to establish some kind of system of obedience per se. Right, and and one of the uses of the law, and uh, we may talk in a future 
plain answer is, of course, that the the law is to show us not how good we are, mm. but how bad we are and how much we need a Savior. Amen. A tremendous contrast is there, the standard of God and the weak, feeble attempts of man, and we realize that we fall so far short because we are sinners in need of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a plain answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. If you have a question for the gentleman here, please feel free to post it to our toll-free number. That number is 888-724-4427. Today in the studio has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.